Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela Yee. It's Thursday! And DJ Envy's not here today. Now, I last saw him in a cow outfit or something yesterday. A cow outfit? Yeah, it was like some type of cowboy suit or some cow print. It is New York uh, New York City Fashion Week, though. So this is the week where everybody dresses up mad, weird, and expensive stuff that, you know, uh, most people would never wear. But since it's expensive and name brand, they say it's fashion. Well, if you look on Danielle Rowling's page, you can see the picture of him, of DJ Envy with Dr. Oz, uh, wearing this outfit uh, where he's dressed like a cow. And he has on some type of thong. Why was he with Dr. Oz for New York Fashion Week? What did Dr. Oz got to do with fashion? I don't know what he's doing, but yeah. Well, God bless him. I personally don't partake in those type of things. Literally, like, I think New York Fashion Week is the stupidest thing in the world because they go to these shows and these people be walking the runway and stuff that you never see somebody wearing in the street. So what's the point? Well, I guess fashion is like art for some of these designers. So they're just showing off some outrageous outfits and, you know, some some of those things are available. Mm. Some of them are. Some people do things that are just more like pieces of art. If oh. you are in the fashion business, it's a big deal to see your favorite designers and what they've created. Well, God bless them. My thighs hurt. I was doing um, some high-intensity training yesterday. Some squats? Oh, my God. Like, yes, with my cousin uh, Tony, because he's a trainer. So we was doing what he calls high-intensity training, and he's got this workout called the, the Mamba. So it's literally like all of these different numbers from different points in Kobe's career. So it's like 81 jump ropes and 24 kettlebell squats. Just, oh, it's, oh my God. So my thighs hurt very, very, very bad this morning. Well, I saw that uh, Gail King is responding to some of that backlash she got. Speaking yeah, of Kobe. that pressure. You know, she said that the network put out the most salacious part of the interview, and a lot of people didn't see the thing in its entirety, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, you can't blame the network for something that actually came out of your mouth, though. You know what I mean? I love Gail King, but nah. That that interview with Lisa Leslie was not it in any way, shape, or form. But we'll talk about it. And then, of course, uh, we're going to get into front-page news and talk about Donald Trump and him not getting impeached because we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Of course. But we'll tell you who uh, flipped and what Mitt Romney, obviously Mitt Romney's the one who flipped what he had to say and Donald Trump's reaction. And this morning we got a nonprofit organization coming in here. They're called uh, Black Men Heal, okay? Uh, Tasneem Sullivan, uh, Zakiah Williams, and Charles Tank Harris. Man, I love this organization so much. I read an article this week, this weekend in the Philadelphia Inquirer, and they are a group of people who are providing free therapy for black men in Philadelphia, and I love what they're doing so much. I want to know how we can help empower them and help uh, spread what they're doing all throughout the, the country. So we'll be talking to them later on this morning, okay? Okay. Right. Now let's get the show started. What's the, what song we got on the menu, John? Uh, Ballin'. 
Balling. Mustard and Roddy Rich. Oh, by Mustard and Roddy Rich, okay? Roddy. What I said? Roddy Rich. There you go. Roddy Rich. I like Roddy Rich. It's The Breakfast Club. Yes, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is off today. We got front page news, Yee. Yes, let's talk about Donald Trump. He was acquitted on all charges in the Senate impeachment trial. We knew that was happening. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, no president has ever been removed from office via impeachment, so that has never happened. Now, the first article alleged abuse of power, and they did vote that down, and then they also voted down against the second article, which alleged obstruction of Congress. Uh, so they needed to have at least two-thirds of the members vote to impeach him, and that did not happen. It was party lines. You know, It's most uh, the, Rep- the Senate is controlled by the Republicans. Republican-led Senate, for sure. So nobody thought that was going to happen. But one person uh, who did vote against one of those articles, who is a Republican, is Mitt Romney. So he actually jumped over those party lines. And uh, here's what Mitt Romney had to say as he got emotional because his religion guided him. I swore an oath before God to exercise impartial justice. I am profoundly religious. My faith is at the heart of who I am. He goes on. Oh, this is emotional. I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. He actually took a really longer pause than that because he got very emotional as he was talking about his faith and actually uh, jumping over those party lines to vote uh, to impeach Donald Trump. I respect Mitt Romney for that. I mean, somebody has to have some morals and integrity in the Republican Party. But I do have a question. What is impeachable? Like, what actually gets the president removed? Because Bill Clinton lied under oath. Donald Trump clearly abused his power. Like, what is an actual impeachable offense? Uh, this is, but, you know, if your party controls the Senate, then you just won't get removed from office. I would I, think. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't it tell. It like, feels like this was abuse of power and obstruction of justice. I mean, Repu- the Republicans admitted that it was an mm-hmm. abuse of power. They just didn't feel like it was enough to remove him from office. But I just wonder what will actually get you removed from office. What would a president have to do to actually get removed from office? Huh. Think so Stephen is saying, shoot somebody. I don't know, bro. Yeah, that might not. Donald Trump told y'all that he could walk and walk up to sh- and, and shoot somebody in broad daylight and wouldn't lose any support. I believe him at this point. Well, and, you know, I, I saw that he, his polling was the highest it's been for him. 49%. Mm-hmm. Listen. Now, here's Mitt Romney talking more about Donald Trump committing a crime. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. What, well, what is the bar for egregious for Donald Trump, though? Because now that Trump has gotten away with this, what will he do next? Some Democrats feel like they had to impeach him to show that this checks and balances and you can't get away with committing crimes as president. Nobody, No president is above the law. I agree with that. But being that it had no effect on him whatsoever, what will he do next? What is egregious for Donald Trump? And uh, Mitt Romney also acknowledges that he knows there'll be a lot of backlash, which, I'm of aware- course... I'm aware that there are people in my party and in my state who will strenuously disapprove of my decision. And in some quarters, I will be vehemently denounced. I'm sure to hear abuse from the president and his supporters. Does anyone seriously believe that I would consent to these consequences other than from an inescapable conviction that my oath before God demanded it of me? That's right. Just hire some more shooters, Mitt Romney. You'll be fine. Now, Donald Trump tweeted out, had failed presidential candidate Mitt Romney devoted the same energy and anger to defeating a faltering Barack Obama as he sanctimoniously does to me, he could have won the election. Read the transcripts. 
And then Donald Trump said, I will be making a public statement tomorrow at noon from the White House to discuss our country's victory on the impeachment hoax. If I was Donald Trump, I would walk out on the White House lawn and just start millie rocking. Just just go. Just start dancing. Just Maybe he should. Don't uh, even say nothing. Just dance on their ass one time. Yeah. Well, well, let's see what he does and what he has to say. But, you know, he's going to. Uh, his hands would be waving everywhere. All right. <laughs> In the air like he just don't care. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about, Trump. Drop one of the clues, but no, I'm just playing. He might twerk. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. That's right. We got uh, Get It Off Your Chest next, right? 1-800-585-1051. Uh, if you want to call in, tell us why you're blessed. Or if you want to call in and just get something off your chest, okay? Either or. We'll take it. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Who's this? You want to get it off your chest? Yeah, this be Mil- this be your boy Miller, a.k.a. Miller the One, calling from Miami, Florida. Okay, Miller. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, I just had a couple of questions for you. Good morning, Charlamagne. Both of y'all, good morning. Peace, King. Um, yeah, I got a question for you. Me and my best friend, we got a podcast called Make the Sense of and we've been doing it since last May. Mm-hmm. And we were trying, we've been trying to figure out a way to get it off, like, you know, promote it a little better, you know, because uh, we've been trying different things. We got cars, flyers, things like that. We go around on Miami Beach, hand them out and everything. Just want to know if you guys have, like, a couple of pointers on things I can do to try to promote it a little more. Well, your podcast is online, so probably the best way to promote it would be online, right? Yeah, we. Yeah. Do y'all have video? Yeah, we do it. Um, we have it on YouTube, and we actually have it on all the major podcasts: iHeart, um, um, Apple, Google. We have it on just about everything you can find a podcast on. We're there. All right, and what I would do is I would get all my peoples and people that I know, I would send them clips because, you know, people are lazy. They're not going to make clips themselves and ask them to please post these clips and tag us in it. And then I'll be reposting those and I'll always be trying to grow my network and be very consistent and persistent. It doesn't happen quickly or overnight. It's a process. Another good way to promote the show is to call into the Breakfast Club who gets 8 million listeners a week and just shout it out and tell people to go to your uh, your page or your website or whatever it is. Hey, Charlamagne, I've been trying to get into your, to talk to y'all every since. Are you going to do that, though? You Maybe you want to shout it out before we hang up? Oh, yeah. So everybody, you know, come check out our page. You can find it on YouTube, Making Sense of Nothing. You can also find us on all the... Podcasting, whatever you get your podcasting from, we there making sense of nothing. It's your boy Miller, aka Miller the One, and your girl QQ Licious. And okay, all right, making sense of nothing. We got it. All right, we taking more calls right now for get it off your chest. Now, what is this? What is this segment called? It's called Get It Off Your Chest. You just it said is, it. It is Get It Off Your Chest? Okay, yes. so Get It Off Your Chest. So that means you can call up. Tell us why you're mad. Tell us why you're blessed. Yes, either or. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. What's up? It's time for you to get it off your chest. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, this Bird from Jacksonville. What's up, Bird? Bird, what's happening, King? What's up? What's up, Charlamagne, Angela E? Man, all, I just want to get off my chest, man. All this killing going on, man, in Jacksonville, Florida, man. I want these young men, like, like your guy to say, man, we need to come together and, like, just, like, build something instead of all this killing each other, man. 
Right, I agree with you. They've been calling it Jack and Kill Florida for a long time. Yeah, man. They killing babies, man. It's crazy. What do you think people need to do? Man, they just need to put the guns down and, like, just fight, man, up. Fight, like, get together, man. Let's build something, man. These white folks that are building everything on us, man. We got to come together and build our own. I knew Jacksonville was wild when I came out there to speak. Um, I forgot what the HBCU was called in Jacksonville, but I know that they had security. What is it? There you go. And and they had security yeah. drive me from the school to the airport. <laughs> like, yeah. That's when I that's when I knew Jack yeah. Jacksonville was crazy. Man, what? this was crazy, but yeah. All right, my brother. All right, get it up your chest. Good morning. What's up, Victor? Hey, how's it going? This is Angela E. Yes, it is. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Oh, I love you guys. I just want to say that I'm I'm coming over here from SoCal. I busted an all-nighter here. My cousin couldn't hang. Maybe I'll write on his face, but uh, I love you guys. I just want to get off my chest. So one thing I want to say is that I loved uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, mm-hmm. what's up to Charlemagne and DJ MV2? Peace, okay. King. How but, are you? Uh, man, I'm great, man. I'm just out here just representing for you guys. I love you guys, everything that you guys do. Uh, but so the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I was with it. One thing that... I thought was kind of crazy is that uh, everybody kept saying it was too Spanish. They only sung one. F- I'm sorry for cousin. They only sung one Spanish song. They did. Shakira did it. Yeah, Shakira was the right. Just yeah, but it was brown. Spanish artists though. It was J Lo. It was Shakira. It was not Spanish, but Latino, right? Bad Bunny. Yeah, 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 yeah. J Balvin. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the, the halftime show. Me too. And then they said Beyonce was better. Which, to tell you the truth, I watched both Beyonce's performance. She was singing Halo. It wasn't so amped up. Like, they really got me going. Maybe because I'm Latino. I don't know what it was. But, I probably was uh, more yeah, familiar, yeah. Definitely because you're Beyonce Latino. Songs. <laughs> it was a good performance, no, they, though. Were, yeah, but they were saying it was too Latino. How's it too Latino? They don't, she only sung one song in Spanish. Like, I get it. Because it was a bunch of Latinos up there. I mean, I don't think it was too Latino, but it was a bunch of Latinos up there. That was the whole point I thought point it was a great representation. Yes. True. Yeah, you're right. Because maybe it's because I'm Latino. I just felt so proud. But okay, we get it. You're Latino. Yeah, that's Middle Eastern. But oh, Shakira did it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't All that right. mean hello and something? Uh, let's talk to Kay. What's up, Kay? How you doing? Get it off your chest. Angela, what's going on? Charlamagne, what? what's up? Good morning. Peace, Good morning. Yeah, this takes lines of Georgetown, man. I was actually calling to let y'all know, you know, I'm honey jerk sauce, you know, this is who y'all talking to, but I was calling to let y'all know about how I'm Black History Month, but yesterday on my way to work, man, I, one of my best friends lost their life of gun violence for nonsense, man. So I want to call and let everybody know Georgetown, South Carolina, all the young gentlemen out there, man, I'm a mentor, I'm the owner of East Lounge of Georgetown. Yo, put the guns down, man. Yo, if y'all got beef out there, throw it up, fight, or whatever like that, but you live to see another day, man. All this nonsense killing, and stuff for these young gentlemen, this dude had two kids coming up, man. Now he can't even see his kids come born tomorrow because of dumbness, man. I'm just going to tell y'all, man, put the guns down, man. Yo, Breakfast Club, I love y'all, man. Appreciate the opportunity y'all provided for me All and right, my family, th- but that's, that's it, man. Peace. Thank you, Kay. It feels like, look, two people already called up this morning begging for y'all to put the guns down, so come on. All right, let's get it off your chest. We do that every morning uh, around this time where you can call in, tell us why you're blessed. You can call in and tell us, you know, why you're upset. But, yeah, we got Rumor Report coming up next. Yes, and let's kick it off with Gil King. She has issued in a response to the backlash that she got yesterday for her interview with Lisa Leslie where she questioned her about Kobe Bryant and his uh, being accused of rape. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. 
Hey, okay, I think I'm ready to work now. All right, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is not here today. Uh, but it's time for Room Report. What are we talking about, Yee? Gail King. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the rumors today. So we're going to kick it off with Gail King. Now, she got a lot of criticism after this clip was circulating online yesterday where she was interviewing Lisa Leslie and they were discussing Kobe Bryant. Lisa Leslie was good friends with Kobe Bryant. And here's what happened. It's been said that his legacy is complicated because of a sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003, 2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time, Kobe's not the kind of guy, never been like, you know, Lisa, go get that girl or tell her or send her this. Mm -hmm. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm -hmm. Kobe's, he, he was never like that. I just never see, have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. I need journalists to explain to me why is Kobe Bryant's sexual sexual assault case relevant right now? Like Kobe Bryant is dead. If people had all those questions about that case, if they felt that way about him, they should have addressed it when he was alive, right? Right. And uh, here's some more of what happened with her interview with Lisa Leslie on CBS this morning. Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. It's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, it went to trial. Yeah, but the case, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. So it was dismissed. And I think that that's how we should leave it. That question sounded out of context, too, because Gail was asking her, you know, do you think that it's even worth talking about? But she was talking about it. So it sounded... It sounded like that question was out of context. You know, it's interesting. I had this discussion with a few people yesterday who also work in journalism mm -hmm. because I did feel like I wouldn't have asked that question. But other people were like, well, it is something that was a big deal during his uh, and it was brought up during the whole Oscar situation again. So they should have asked him then. Like, you know, and, and like, I'm, I'm just saying what what other people are saying and both sides of things. But you know what? We're going to let Gail King explain what she was thinking when she asked that question. I know that if I had only seen the clip that you saw, I'd be extremely angry with me too. I am mortified, I'm embarrassed, and I am very angry. Uh, unbeknownst to me, my network put up a clip from a very wide-ranging interview, totally taken out of context, and when you see it that mm. way, it's very jarring. And yes, we talked about that court case. And I wanted to get Lisa's take on it as a friend who knew him well. Well, at least Gail knows that clip sounded nuts, right? But but even if Lisa Leslie is Kobe's friend, why is she being asked about Kobe's old kids? Like, I just want to know what is the point. Did Gail explain what was the point? Is there a way she could have asked it differently? I don't think it should have been asked at all. And like, it, what if she would have said, do you think it's unfair that this comes up now? Well, yeah, yeah, she did say that in, yeah, the, in, this, right. in the second clip you played. All right, well, here's some more of what Gail King had to say about the backlash, and she posted this on her Instagram page. It was very powerful when she looked me in the eye as a member of the media to say it's time for the media to leave it alone and to back off. I agree. And at the end when she said it's time for to leave it alone, I insisted that that part be in the interview because I thought that it put a nice button on that part of the conversation. I talked to Lisa last night. I believe that Lisa was okay with the interview. 
and I felt really good about the interview. So for the network to take the most salacious part when taken out of context and put it up online is very upsetting to me and that's something I'm going to have to deal with with them. So she's blaming it on the network basically. Well she's basically saying there's so many other things you could have put up. You just put that part up because it was the one that was going to get the most attention which it did. Um, Now some people are not going to be forgiving it all. For instance Boosie took to his social media and said this. Dear King, why the f*** would you do something like that? Why would you do that to your people? You know what people are going through, right? Why would you ask a f***ing question like that, trying to tarnish somebody's image? You do that to your own black people. And Snoop Dogg chimed in as well. Gail King, out of pocket for that What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we the worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after Harvey Weinstein asking them dumbass questions. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Is it okay if I call him one? <laughs> Funky dog head bitch. Jesus Christ, oh Snoop. God. Now All listen, right. he went too far. But who who told Snoop it was okay? Because he asked somebody. I he said, is it okay asked. if I say it? And then he said it. I just think if we're going to bring up that, that story about Kobe, tell the whole story. You know what I'm saying? You got to speak on how the accuser, you know, didn't want to go through with the trial, and she probably didn't want to go through the trial because she didn't want evidence coming out against her, like the fact they found semen in a right, hair follicle in the woman's panties that didn't belong to Kobe, or that the young but lady's I- mental state was in question, that she had been hospitalized four months before the assault, that she was taking an antipsychotic drug for schizophrenia at the time of the incident. You got to tell the whole story if you're going to tell it. And at the time, Kobe did say in a statement, although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. That's so. right. And that's why when he was alive, especially during the Oscar time, that should have been a broader discussion. You know what I'm saying? Somebody should have asked him to elaborate on that, especially in this era of Me Too Time's Up where, you know, what's not consent and what's consent was the topic of discussion. That would have been the perfect time to ask him that when he was alive. And lastly, I just want to also bring up, since we haven't been... Uh, Uh, Since they just discussed Harvey Weinstein, and why aren't you asking Harvey Weinstein these questions? You know, Harvey Weinstein is still in New York. Uh, He has his rape trial going on in Manhattan. And Lauren Marie Young, who's 30 years old, she was testifying about how she was a model in New York City before she moved to L.A. at age 20. And she talked about being invited to an Oscars dinner for Harvey Weinstein. She said, I've been to a couple of places where he had been in the past, but I wasn't directly at his table. And she talks about reaching out to him about a script. They had a meeting and they met at a bar. He showed up and she said he was on his phone. He started discussing what ideas we had in my script. And he said, what about America's Next Top Model? And I said, no, I don't want to be on reality TV. At some point, he said, let's finish this conversation. Uh, Follow me upstairs. I have to get ready to present. And she said they went in the suite. And that's when, uh, you know, she said he lured her into another room, which was a bathroom. And she's going to continue to take the stand, by the way, today and get cross-examined. But she is the sixth woman who has testified on the stand. She's the final one for New York. I really can't wait to see how the Harvey Weinstein trial ends. She said he showed up naked behind her, unzipped her dress, started pulling it down, and he was masturbating and grasping her right breast. And, uh, you know, and she was screaming, no, 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 while he was doing it. And he said, this is what all actresses do to make it. Harvey Weinstein's uh, trial should end in him getting some jail time. And if it doesn't, I can't wait to hear what Lil Boosie has to say about it. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. That's right. We got front page news next year. Let's let's talk about the New Hampshire town halls that happened yesterday. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same.
Hey, what's up? It's Angela Yee and Charlemagne here. And there's one thing that everybody loves on Valentine's Day. The five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends. With thousands of fun levels, it's more than a game. It's a relationship. Download free from the App Store on Google Play today. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is not here today, but it's time for front page news. What we got, Yee? Well, let's talk uh, about what's happening with the Iowa caucus. Right now, they said 97% reporting is in. And former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, he has a very, very, very slim lead over Bernie Sanders. And so they're virtually basically tied as all the results are coming in. And they said um, with 97% of results reported, Elizabeth Warren is in third place, followed by Joe Biden and then Amy Klobuchar. Joe Biden is trash, bro. Joe Biden really is not good at running for president. This is his third time, and he had a 3-1 lead and blew it. Now, New Hampshire's town halls were yesterday, and Joe Biden spoke, and he was talking about him not doing well in Iowa. Well, I think what happened, well, look, let's put this in perspective. There are a total of, uh, what, 44 delegates are going to come out of that? And it looks like it's going to break down somewhere between 7 and 15 among the top four of us. There, you need 1,900 delegates to become the president of the United States or to be, become the nominee. So it's a, I expect it to do better, and I expect it that uh, our organization would perform better. But uh, the fact is uh, I'm happy to be here in New Hampshire. Yeah, but you're only there because you flew there. And he's also talking about he, his struggles with stuttering. Stuttering, you think about it, is the only handicap that people still laugh about. When I was a kid, I talked like that. If I said to you when I was a kid, I had a cleft palate and people made fun of me, or I had a withered arm, no one would smile. I deal with about 15 stutterers I keep in contact with all the time. And so what I say to any, anybody out there who stutter, I'll give you my phone number, not a joke, and they can call me. I'll give you a private number. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I know one thing. Reality going to hit the Biden campaign when they play third or fourth in New Hampshire. When they nah. play, that's, when they, that's when reality going to hit them. Elizabeth Warren was also there, and she spoke about black women and how they've made her better. One of the groups I've spent a lot of time with is Black Women Four. It's a wonderful group of women who I have to say are really outspoken and, dare I say it, pushy. And I mean that in the nicest meaning of the word. They push me on ideas. Uh, they give me ideas, great ideas, and have helped inform a lot of what I've done. But they also call me out when I get it wrong. And they called me out publicly when I've gotten it wrong. And you know what? They were right to do that. Because ultimately, I want to be better, not just as a presidential candidate. I want to be better as a president. No, listen to black women, you'll never go wrong. Did she say black women for? Yeah. What is that? That sounds like they showing up in the next Marvel movie. What is black women for? Listen, I, I guess it's an organization, which I'm about to look up right now. Yeah, that's hard. They sound like a group of WWE superstars, the black women for. And I have an update on the coronavirus for you right now. They said the uh, death toll is past 560 as of now. Uh, China has announced also they're going to have additional tariffs on $75 billion worth of U.S. imports. Uh, as they are trying to deal with this coronavirus outbreak because the reduction affects U.S. goods that China imposed tariffs on last September. Now, right now, there is no cure, but the symptoms are kind of fluish. Fever, cough, trouble breathing. If you show these symptoms and recently went to China or if you've been in contact with somebody who visited, experts do advise that you go to the doctor. Right now, they also have the youngest patient infected with the coronavirus. Two newborn babies have been infected, so... 
Uh, one is a 30-hour-old newborn, and the baby's mother was also infected with the virus. So there may be mother-to-infant transmissions as well. They really need to change the name of the coronavirus. Cor- coronavirus don't sound dangerous enough because when you think coronavirus, you think of the beer. And people love coronas. They need something a little bit more like 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 scary sounding other than coronavirus. Like, give us an example. I don't know. I haven't thought of it. But I just know coronavirus sounds like it goes great with Lyme disease. So they just need to, like, really, really change the name. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll let them know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. That's right. And coming up, we have an organization that I love. Uh, they're called Blackman Hill. Uh, it's a, a, a sister named Tasnim Sullivan, as well as Zakaya Williams and a brother named Charles Tank Harris. And what they're doing is so dope. They are providing free therapy for black men in Philadelphia. I read an article about them uh, in the Philadelphia Inquirer this weekend, and I had to reach out to them and have them on the Breakfast Club because we really, really, really need to empower this organization. So we'll talk to Black Men Hill when they come back, and maybe you can find out how you can get some free therapy too, okay? It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, and we got some guests in the building, man. Uh, they are from this great organization. It's a nonprofit organization called Black Men Hill, and they offer free mental health services for black men in the Philadelphia area. How are y'all this morning? We could, are so good. Could everyone introduce themselves? Yes. I am Tasneem Suleiman. I'm the founder of Black Men Hill. I'm also a psychotherapist. And my name is Zakia Williams. I'm the co-founder of Black Men Hill. Charles Tank Harris, board member. Okay, talk to us about Blackman Hill. How did this organization start? What was the origins? So Blackman Hill really like it started spun out of a need that mass people have, which is uh, for more men of color to go to therapy and to understand how therapy, the treatment of therapy, can help heal a lot of trauma, depression, anxiety, things that men are not aware of. And their mental health issues, um, oftentimes they're not even aware they might have depression or anxiety. So we really wanted to create a space of an opportunity for more men to enter therapy because I just felt like it's a, a mass issue that a lot of people are talking about, but we felt like people are talking about it, but we need more than awareness. We want to actually like build the solution and the resource for it. Yeah, I read the article in the Philadelphia Inquirer and the headline caught me immediately. Mm-hmm. It was like organization providing free therapy for yes. black men. Mm-hmm. How does how does that work? People can go to our website and they um, fill out our application, the client application. Once they fill out our client application, well, it's two steps. So then we send them an in-depth um, application and the in-depth application gives them opportunity to look within themselves and see what they really need, you know, what type of therapy they may need. Um, after that, we pair them with the clinician of color um, according to their specialty, the need, proximity, and the, um, their lo- their hours that they're available. Like All that. this is completely free, right? All right. this is completely free, completely volunteer. And now, this, how was the response when you guys started oh, that's advertising? That's what I was going to say. The, the best part about it, the reason why we got such an overwhelming response, I believe, is because we were like, free therapy. But also, um, even if you can pay for therapy, finding a therapist is a very daunting process. Mm. It is like, literally, like, Finding a good black therapist is like a purple unicorn situation. Is it easy so, to find a good man? No, that's that's <laughs> equally as hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they both are hard. Um, but um, what we're doing, actually, similarly to like like if you were looking for like a date or looking for a man, is like we're literally matching them up. So we have like a really unique system of 
We don't just match people up. Oh, okay, this person is a person of color and this person black and this person black or this person Latino, this person Latino. We are really paying a lot of attention to what the specific mental health needs are. Um, we're paying a lot of attention to what the skill qualification of the therapists and personality. They tell us what we need and we just give them what they they need. They don't have to go through, oh, do they do depression? Are they close to me? Do they take my insurance? We try to match them up because after the free sessions, then they're able to continue with their therapist. Okay. I think this works because y'all cover like the three major obstacles that mm -hmm. kind of like prevent black people from seeking, mm -hmm. you yes. know, therapy. Like one is cost. Mm -hmm. Yes. The other is stigma. Absolutely. And then just like mm -hmm. finding somebody that, that's culturally compatible right, to you, I, I guess. Talk right. about that a little more. There is like almost an element of identifying the proper diagnosis before the people are even met and making sure that the therapist who can provide that level of attentiveness is selected. And just watching them work, the creative process, we had a situation where a therapist was being matched up with a potential applicant. And as they got through the process, the therapist called back in to yeah. Tasneem and Zaki and says, I think this is my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and the reality was it was. Mm -hmm. So they, they do such a great job of matching up the person and the needs with the person who's going to provide the therapy that you end up getting like matchmaker.com mm -hmm. in therapy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's important because as I know as a person who goes to therapy, you can spend so much time in the first four or five visits, especially if you're paying for it, mm -hmm. just trying to get the therapist to understand who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. You'd much rather walk into a situation where that happens as instantaneously as possible. And it make you want to get back with your ex, being that he was doing the work on himself? Because <laughs> I'm sure while you was with him, you was like, this <laughs> need therapy. So well, I mean, in that case, well, we did not pair them up. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if she called him back. Because it was like from years before. But I do know a lot of single professional women are saying that now. They're like, my requirements at this point, yes. they're looking for men who've been in therapy. So financially, how do you support Black Men Heal? Well, um, this is the beauty of it. Well, financially, we have not had any financial support. <laughs> we, are, we are not supported financially <laughs> as of right now. Struggle bus. Yes. We are on the struggle bus. But this mission, more than anything else, has taught me about the power of us coming together mm -hmm. to create our own solutions, not waiting for nobody to create them. We didn't have no funding. When I first had the idea, I was knocking on everybody's door. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, do you do you get this vision? Do you get the idea? Like, this can change things. But people ain't willing to write you a check for $100,000 mm -hmm. because you tell them you got a great idea. Right. So what I thought to myself was, like, you know what? Like, a lot of people whose doors I was knocking on was not answering. But I said, you know what, let's just build it. So mm -hmm. I just focused all of that time on building it, going to providers, like literally pleading like and begging mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, finding people on Instagram mm -hmm. in my area and being like, yo, can we go to lunch? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I'm not coming out of a meeting with anybody. I'm not coming out of a lunch without them saying yes, because if they are a person of color and they are in the mental health field, how could they not say yes? Right. So, And that's how I got involved, because I have a private practice. And once... They told me about it. I'm like, I'm in. You know, you can. I, I let them use my space, and then after a while, I was just so in love with the mission and doing so much work for it. Taz was like, well, you might as well come join us in this. You know, so we just appealed to people's sense of, like she said, community and pride. And this is for us. This is for our men. And we get other clinicians of color. Like, you know, I can't donate the time, but someone. Who another provider who does not have a space, then they can just do the, the sessions at my space. How do you convince people to provide the time? No. We're asking people to donate one hour a week for mm -hmm. eight weeks, right? Because the clinicians get to choose whatever hour. So if they're like, 
I literally have like a Monday morning at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. All they have to do, be willing to do is to give us an hour. And mm-hmm. we'll say, we will do all the rest of the work. Mm-hmm. We will find you a man who could go to 7 a.m. We also use telehealth sometimes in addition to the brick and mortar locations. So that's one way. And sometimes people don't have the time. So mm-hmm. sometimes people support us by donating money, which is, of course, we, we need greatly, um, or they donate their space. The providers also, some of them are starting out in private practice, so we're actually helping them to build their business because like they once they get a man, then they'll um, continue on, and some of the men might refer other men to them. Mm-hmm. Some of the um, providers aren't licensed, so Taz is um, licensed. She provides them the hours, like the pre, um, you know, the, supervision, like, pre, is pre supervision and stuff like that. So yeah. that's the way. But, um, and, and you asked how did we get them to, to come? It was like, you know, we created this safe space for black men and it was like a rallying cry. It was like, soon as we opened the door, the floodgates, they were like, they, they wanted to tell us everything that was going on. And they just, you know, the issues range from depression, anxiety, PTSD to something that's small, not small, but, you know, I just want to be a better father. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a better husband, you know, things like that. I think the other thing is you really have to look at in our community uh, as a black man. So they get a lot of grief from time to time as why are you women, you know, supporting, you know, this mission for black men? Where are the black men stepping up? But, you know, in our community, unless you're at the barbershop, everything that seems to happen in the black community gets started by the sisters, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, we put value back in the community by putting healed men back in the community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You Number put one. fathers, you put husbands, you put big brothers, you put mm-hmm. mentors, you put men who are more complete versions of yes. themselves. Yeah, I think it's better for sisters to be pushing, to be leading the organization because oh, I started yeah. going to therapy because of my homegirls, be, mm-hmm. because of my wife. And I just think it's something very motherly and nurturing yes. about yes, a sister true. telling you to go, go do the work on yourself. No doubt. All right, we got more with Black Men Hill coming up right here on the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show, The Breakfast Club. What's up? It's The Breakfast Club, and we are speaking with Black Men Hill. Now, Charlemagne, you have a question? Why is it important <laughs> to have therapists of color speaking with patients of color? Because if you, like right now, if you call the back of your insurance card, if you try to go find a therapist, like like 90% of the list on the back of their insurance car is not going to be people who look like you. Mm-hmm. It's important because when people are trying to find a therapist, they're looking for people who look like them, ultimately because they're looking for somebody who's going to identify, mm-hmm. you know, and there's also not enough of us mm-hmm. on the side of therapists. <clears throat> there's only 4% of uh, psychologists who are people of color. How do no. we duplicate <laughs> Black Men Hill all across the country? Because I really feel like this is, a, I love the work that y'all are doing. I think mm-hmm. this is Thank so you. necessary. How do we duplicate this? Well, of course, money. Um, Funding is like the number one thing we're at at this point now in the mission. We're still servicing the mission, but like our our focus completely in order to keep servicing it or for it to keep growing, um, we need funding. Um, Where would the funding go? The funding would immediately go to, so right now all of our therapists are volunteers Mm -hmm. and it's harder to get the providers. So what we do not have a problem with getting, believe it or not, is the men. Mm -hmm. The men are there. Like, Mm -hmm. we have a long waiting list, but Mm -hmm. not enough of the resources. So the funding would go into paying the providers. I I believe that Mm -hmm. it would be easier to get um, providers to sign up if, obviously, if they were getting paid so we could hire them as opposed to them having to find an hour to donate, Mm -hmm. right? Um, More locations, um, more spaces, Mm -hmm. and clinical managers, so we need um, people to, like, manage over the providers. And that's important Mm -hmm. from a quality control standpoint. So Mm -hmm. you think back to when McDonald's first started franchising and the meticulous nature in which they went from location Mm -hmm. to location to make sure that 
a quarter pounder with cheese in Missouri tasted exactly the same as mm -hmm. a quarter pounder with cheese in New York. Whereas the actual sitting in a chair across from your therapist is a very individual and unique experience. Mm -hmm. The overall nature of what Black Men Hill provides has to have a level of uniformity mm -hmm. and a level of consistency so that the standard doesn't fall off. Well, how can people reach you guys if yes. they want to Absolutely. participate, donate, yeah. uh, and ask any other questions? Yeah, so, I mean, well, we have a website. is blackmenhill.org. Um, you can also follow us on social at Black Men Hill on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if you want to donate, you could literally, I mean, anything. I mean, this has also taught me that when people be like, even a dollar helps. I used to think like, come on, how could a dollar really help? Now that I'm on this side of it, I'm like, no, I'm serious. A dollar really helps. Right. Like, it means a lot. You could also donate to um, PayPal. You can find us info at blackmenhill.org on PayPal. Mm -hmm. um, you could donate directly to our cash app. You could buy our shirts. Um, yeah, we have like merchandise. You can go to the website. Um, What's the cash app? The cash app is uh, BMH Blackman Hill. So it's money sign BMH Blackman Hill. We call ourselves BMH. Make sure y'all spell that right because it'll go to the wrong person. <laughs> Please don't. Um, y'all yeah. should see the logo. Yes, make sure it's a logo of uh, Blackman Hill, of a man walking into healing. Exactly. You can see it. BMH. We also wanted to thank just this forum right here. Yes, um, you know, you reaching out and giving us a platform. You know, the people who have sat in this room oh are powerful in mm -hmm. our community and throughout. And we know that you're love for self-improvement and things of that nature has been helpful and spreading it to the greater New York and, and New Jersey area is definitely immediately on our, our horizon and your support of, of a cohort it's it's Amazing. Yeah, I want to help y'all go national. I'm going to donate um, $10,000 oh to, 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 to Black Men Hill. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, think, I think that'll that can that can sponsor a lot of sessions. Yes, right? oh, my God. Uh, yes, yes, yes that will literally, yeah. like, that like that specific yes. support of $10,000 will help us put 10 to 15 men through the cohort. Yeah. Um, and It'll be the Charlemagne cohort. Yeah. The Charlemagne cohort, the Charlemagne yes. The Charlemagne cohort, that's, that's it. it. Cohort five, let's start a cohort Charlemagne five. cohort. Yeah. And then for you to see, the outcomes are the most amazing things. The systems we have in place of seeing, like, where the men are at. And, and we're doing this in only eight sessions. Like, mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing to me. Because I was like, eight sessions is not enough. But these men are being seriously impacted by just the eight sessions because we've set the system up in a way that they just start and they immediately have the relationship. So now the process of therapy, which eventually becomes in between the sessions mm -hmm. and the therapy room is just the awareness. Like that's when you're building the awareness. But then what you do with that, like mm -hmm. that happens in between the sessions. These men are so amazing. Like they at the end of every cohort, we have a fundraiser mm -hmm. and um, we invite the men. And we had like two brothers that came through that spoke at one cohort. And then I had the other brothers DMing me like, what about us? Are we going to get a chance right. to meet other men? Are we going to get a chance to share our stories? And I'm always like, oh, my God, I didn't think you would want to. They want to share their stories. And their stories oh my God, is their what stories. attract other men. You and know? that's how you help to eradicate the stigma by everybody mm -hmm. just telling their story. Yep. Yeah. Well, give them the info one more time. All right, so blackmanhill.org is the website. You can follow us on social at blackmanhill um, everywhere. And you could donate. Cash app is money sign BMH Blackman Hill. Or you could also go to PayPal and put in info at blackmanhill.org, which is our email address. Is the PayPal on the website? Yes, yes it is. Okay. So you could also yeah. go to the website and mm -hmm. donate directly from there. You could get merchandise from the website. Uh, we appreciate you yes, more you than I could ever even us. fully yeah. articulate. And it's yeah. not just for having us here, but just for being a voice 
and mental mm-hmm. health because you single-handedly have helped remove stigma From just men. by you mm-hmm. being able to be transparent about yeah. your own journey. Um, there's so many people who pay attention to that. And mm-hmm. so I know you probably get tagged on everything mental health now. So I'm yeah. like, you're like the mental health guy now. Yeah. Like, That's how I got tagged with y'all. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so it yeah. works. Thank, yeah. Thanks whoever tagged us. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. we just want to thank you for being a vessel. Yes. And that's because that's what we feel like we are. You know, it's not about us in, no. individually who are sitting up here. We're just a vessel who is um, creating a space to really make a difference um, in this uh, in this field, like with our community. And that feels like such a blessing. And so let's feel, continue to do the work. We yes. feel very honored. We feel very honored to be able to service these men. They are so worthy and so deserving. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's Black Men Hill. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. So you. Thank, for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, uh, DJ Envy is not here. We just received our breakfast this morning, which comes in the form of smoothies. Why do you drink a smoothie every morning, you? Uh, well, you know, we own a juice bar, Juices for Life in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Uh, but that's something that I just started doing because I'm not a big breakfast person. And when I eat too much in the morning, it makes me tired. And I also just don't necessarily really even like eggs and things like that. And, you know, I don't eat pork or beef or anything so I like breakfast I just don't like New York breakfast and then I also like uh, smoothies because I, and they have to be by the way just for everybody listening try to get them with all fresh fruits and vegetables not frozen because mm-hmm. that's way better for you um, but yeah so it's also something that gives you natural energy so natural sugars from fruits uh, and vegetables is great for you just not artificial sugars and so ask them not to add any like you know a lot of times they'll add orange juice add apple juice you rather just try to do it with some ice you know even just water or certain fruits that can uh, juice and make it liquidy yeah I do smoothies for the same reason and also because New York breakfast is trash because I'm from the south so I like grits and biscuits the hell is a bagel I'll be sleep bagel with cream cheese yeah oh shut up drum of course you would think it was delicious Right, so, you know, but yesterday I had put on Twitter, is Mercury and retrograde, there were so many things happening yesterday, like online. I was like, it's just too much. And we're going to get into some of that in the rumor report. I was just saying this whole Nicki Minaj, Meek Mill, they were online, uh, going back and forth with each other. Better than anything on TV, I'll tell you that much. And I was like, why? Why? Well, we'll talk about it when we come back uh, with the rumor report. What what song are you about to play, Drum? Mario, Let Me Love You. Old school Mario? Oh, you know this song, okay. Okay. Everything you hope and need Good love and affection Damn Mario's still a bop, ain't it? Yeah. Let's get into the rumor report. <laughs> it's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the rumor report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. By the way, that Mario, Just a Friend, I remember at one point that was my favorite song. Bop! I remember being in South Beach and that song had just came out. Bop! That was the weekend song. Bop! All right, Janelle Monet, she just did an interview with The Cut and she was talking about getting sick after going on a pescatarian diet. She said, I started feeling my mortality. She was battling mercury poisoning. So they said that mercury, as you know, is highly toxic to humans and people can become poisoned when they consume contaminated fish. So she said uh, she wants to become healthy again and she does want to have kids, but she's waiting until she's healthy again to carry a child. She said, I don't want to miss that time because I was so focused on my career and because I didn't plan accordingly. So Imagine having mercury poisoning, poisoning while mercury is in retrograde. That'd have to suck coming up soon, too. <laughs> All right, now this had me super excited yesterday. They put out the trailer 
for a new movie, and this is the Saw spinoff, Spiral. I am so excited to see this. And uh, this actually also featured Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. They're going to be starring in that as well. So I can't wait for uh, Spiral to come out. I saw all of the Saw movies in that franchise. You know, horror movies are my favorites. So I will definitely be checking this out. They said uh, Chris Rock conceived this idea and it will be completely reverential to the legacy of the material while reinvigorating the brand with his wit creative vision and passion for this classic horror franchise. Only Chris Rock can make me go see a horror movie because I don't pay people to scare me. So he's the only person that could um, make me go see a horror film. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. definitely, definitely... Oh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Peele. But his horror's a little different, but yes. All right, now Nicki Minaj versus Meek Mill. I didn't know what was going on yesterday. I've been so tired. I went home, took a nap, and woke up, and all hell broke loose. <laughs> so I guess this all started with Meek Mill liking a picture. There was a picture inside the Jimmy Jazz window of the mannequin, and somebody said, nah, man, they put a bowl in Jimmy Jazz. And that was, uh, I guess, the same outfit he put a side-by-side with Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty. And Meek Mill liked that picture. Well. That's how it all started. He liked a picture. Nicki Minaj then posted, you a clown. She put the clown emoji. You do it for likes. Twitter fingers beat women scared of men. And then she posted a picture of Meek Mill in an outfit with a clown uh, face emoji over his face. She said, you've been tweeting about my man for a year now, talking about he went to my page to see him, but he was black. Then she said, my M-wear, move on. I know, I know you're bitch embarrassed ished yourself in that store when you got pressed though and then she said trigger fingers turned to twitter fingers bad built face ass obsessed with the queen then meek responded the only way you can try to kill my career is to say i beat women talk about your brother convicted of rape and you been new and paid for his lawyer your little brother touched that little girl too you know i know you want me to crash with your boyfriend and i won't you said you willing to crash a man because you losing now and everybody in the industry know you a bad person you been knew your brother was raping that little girl that's why i got away from you and then she responded you beat your own sister and taped it, spit on her and taped it, kicked me in front of your mother and sent her to the hospital. Sucking Drake D made you feel tough again. Move on. Imagine talking about an alleged rape of a child to hurt someone who wasn't involved just so people can dislike me. There's a lot going on back and forth uh, between the two of them. I don't even want to really, I even feel bad reading all of this right now. But I know everybody was talking about it. And Meek Mill finally said, my girl is with me pregnant. Watching me tweet about my ex is very clownish. I'm an exit. And then he said, for clarification, I don't hit women and I won't let my interviews be filled with questions about her or any situation to do with her when I come out to do press for my new album, No Devil's Tricks. You know, here's the thing. If you was ever friends with someone, lovers, y'all liked each other, don't start spilling the tea on each other when y'all fall out because all the poor behavior, all the poor fashion choices... All of that was fine when y'all was together. Okay, you put you up loved with it. yeah, you put up with all of that when y'all was together. But as soon as y'all fall out, then y'all want to start spilling the tea on each other. That's whack. Now this clip started circulating then of Nicki Minaj from her Queen documentary, where she discusses being in an abusive relationship. A lot of people started reposting this. Would let my father be violent with her, and she always brings up the story. As a little girl, I would come in front of, I would stand in front of my mother and go like this. And I vowed, like, that's why I'm, like, maybe some people would describe me as abrasive or bitchy or whatever, because I vowed from that age, no man would ever abuse me, call me out my name, treat me like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, that was my life. 
Now, we don't know who she's referring to in this clip, but everybody was posting it. Out of everything they were being accused of, Meek's fashion choices were the worst. You went too far, Nikki Klein, in that man's clothes. All right, you, you you loved him when he was making those poor fashion choices back in the day when he had the man purse and the capri pants. So, so, so don't start clowning him for it now. And don't call him Bad Bill. Why you got to call a man Bad Bill? You used to love that Bad Bill body. So don't, you know what I mean? Like That's what I'm talking about. When you love somebody and y'all was friends, don't start spilling the tea once y'all fall out. Because all of the poor choices and the bad builtness and the bad fashion choices, you loved it when y'all was together. All right. You know what I mean? And same thing on Meekson. Well, yeah, because he was saying the industry uh, knows what type of person she is and that she's filled with hate. He said the whole industry know you're full of hate and your bag getting low, so you want to destroy me. Let's be honest. The industry hated Nikki when she was with Meek, too. <laughs> and Meek knew that. Right. So he was fine with that then. You understand what I'm saying? I think, It's yeah. just like, don't do that once y'all fall out. It all, it all looks corny all from both tension. sides. Then it makes it feel like y'all still care, too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You guys are both in other relationships, have moved on. You got to just be like, I'm happy with this person. Because I know if my man was tweeting my, you know, tweeting his ex, I'd be like, yo, what are you doing? And all this started just because somebody had on a shirt from Jimmy Jazz. <laughs> As if 90% of y'all fans don't shop at Jimmy Jazz. What is wrong with Jimmy Jazz? Like, I'm like, how did Jimmy Jazz catch his craters? You can't yeah. shop at Jimmy Jazz, though. Man, shout out to Jimmy Jazz. Like, Jesus Christ, the man had on a Jimmy Jazz is... shirt. So what? He put it together? Jimmy Jazz been around for a long time, and it will continue to thrive. What's, and... the, what's, what's the Nikki's husband's name? Kenneth Petty. Kenneth Petty, you was rocking that Jimmy Jazz shirt. You put it together. I didn't know it was from Jimmy Jazz until the man liked it on Twitter. But nothing wrong with Jimmy Jazz. Who cares? Like most of your fans go to Jimmy Jazz to shop before they come to your shows, Meek. I'll go get a nice sweatshirt from Jimmy Jazz today. Come on now. Come on. All right. Let's not forget where we come from here. All right. Okay. Anyway. Big ass Jimmy Jazz in Matter Philadelphia. Matter of fact, we should give away a Jimmy Jazz gift card. <laughs> you got one? I'm serious. Like, we need we to do that. Get one online. I don't like y'all on, Jimmy Jazz We're going to do this now. on Twitter right now. <laughs> Just because y'all can afford the fashion, the, the, what's this stuff called? Yeah, what do they call it? What? Designer? Des- yeah. Just couture? Y'all, yeah, couture. What else you call it? <laughs> Just because y'all can afford that better stuff now. Don't act like, yeah, don't, don't defecate on Jimmy Jazz. Jimmy Jazz ain't did nothing to nobody. <laughs> All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Yes. We got donkey. Oh, the yes. Day. And next up, we do have donkey of the day. Charlamagne, who are you giving your donkey to? Oh, man. It's a white man named Tom Bertel. I love culturally clueless white men. They are hilarious to me. And this story, I think you will be disgusted by it, but you will find funny. We'll talk about it for after the hour. It's the Breakfast Club. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, Charlamagne. I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Well, Donkey of the Day for Thursday, February 6th. Today is the 6th, right? Okay. It goes to a man who has been identified by Ann Arbor News as Tom Bertel. Now, I love audacity. Okay, I actually love the unmitigated gall of some people. It takes nuts or a complete lack of self-awareness to do, to do the things that some people do. That's why in certain situations like this one, uh, I have to give this man, Tom Bertel, the credit he deserves for being stupid. But I also have to, have to laugh at the fact this man has the audacity to do what he did. Now, a school in Michigan called Liberty School was having a meeting to discuss concerns about diversity and acceptance at schools. Parents were there expressing their concerns. Okay, one man named Adrian Irola, I think I pronounced his last name right, Ira, Ira Ola, was sharing a story (laughs) with parents and school administrators about how racism in the school had been affecting his child. 
when Tom Bertel interrupted him. I repeat, Adrian Iraola, who is Mexican, I forgot to say that, uh, who is Mexican, by the way, was talking to the parents and school administrators about how racism in the school had been affecting his child when he was interrupted by Tom Bertel. Would you like to know how Tom Bertel interrupted? Let's go to Good Morning America for the report, please. A meeting about racism in a Michigan school erupts when Adrian Iriola, who immigrated from Mexico in the 1980s, was interrupted as he described his son's experience. I went to his bedroom to say goodnight, and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? The meeting was to address racial issues in the school district after a group of black football players was targeted with racial slurs on Snapchat. The offending parent eventually takes the mic. Try being white and walk in a black neighborhood, see what happens. And like these, uh, this incident where somebody made a little tweet, and nobody's hurting that. You know, that nobody got hurt that was done off, off campus. Iriola kept his composure and eventually answered the man's question, which resulted in another outburst. You know, here's your question, why didn't I stay in Mexico? Because this is the greatest country in the world. The school district did pick out, put out a statement and says in part that this type of bigotry goes against all the values and beliefs of our school system. It says we will continue to listen to parents and students. For the record, Tom Bertel, if you are white walking in a black neighborhood, we either think you're the police or an Uber Eats person, okay? Now, Liberty School, I don't know how serious y'all take diversity and acceptance at schools. I don't know how serious y'all take racism. But if there was ever any doubt that this was happening at this school, okay, then all doubt has been removed yeah. because the apple don't fall too far from the tree. If that's how the parent Tom Bertel is talking and acting in public, I can imagine what he is saying around the house, and that attitude and energy is being transfer it to his children, possibly, okay, and possibly his children could be bringing that BS to the school. Now, this right here just proves my point that a lot of white men are just completely tone deaf, all right? They lack cultural awareness. They are completely culturally clueless. Tom, you are at a meeting for diversity mm. and acceptance in schools. A parent was sharing a story about racism in the school and how it affects his child, and your brain says to your mouth, now is the perfect time to say something racist. This is literally like being at a support group for sexual assault victims. A woman is standing up telling her story of being sexually assaulted, and then some guy yells out, well, what were you wearing that night? Or yells out, well, how much did you drink that night? Okay? That's like being on the plane, and while the flight attendant is breaking down the instructions for people sitting in the emergency exit row, and when she asks you if you can assist, when she asks if you can assist, what do you say, ye? Uh, if I can assist? Yes. Yes. Well, imagine if you looked her in the eye and asked her, so how exactly do I open this door mid-flight? <laughs> okay? Tom, my God, play the clip again. I went to his bedroom to say goodnight, and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. And why did you stay in Mexico? <gasps> well. Man, you cut off my favorite part. When the white woman goes, you need to leave. <laughs> that <laughs> <Right>? sounds fake. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> now, Tom's uh, Tom's son, actually, and I'm glad this happened. Tom's son, Matt Bertel, he said, he posted on Facebook, 4.13 p.m. Today, my father asked a deliberately racist question at the Celine Area School's diversity and inclusion meeting. His views of hate in no way represent my own. I stand in solidarity with the refugees and immigrants of the world. Round of applause for uh, Matt Bertel. 
Not too much. I don't stop. I don't applaud white people for doing what the hell he's supposed to do. Okay, I'm just glad he drew a line in the sand and uh, let his father know that his behavior was completely unacceptable. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Please let Kathy Griffin give Tom Bertel the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mayo the biggest hee-haw. Imagine having to go to school with that man's child. Mm -mm 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 -mm. <laughs> All right. All well, right. that is your donkey of the day. Thank you, Charlemagne. And you, you got Askey up next? Yes. If you have any questions, if you need advice about anything, then you can always hit me up. Now, you can also email me, helpmeye at gmail.com. And you can call right now, 800-585-1051. Ask ye. That's right. It's the Breakfast Club. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Good morning. It is time for Ask Yee. We have Jacquees on the line. What's good, Jacquees? Hey, Yee. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So what's your question for Ask Yee? So, okay. So I've been with me and my fiance have been together for three years. We are um, supposed to get married in July, and then he told me that he wanted to postpone the wedding. Ooh, why? Uh, well, he said it's reasons on his end, financial reasons, which I understand. Um, we're in a long-distance relationship. We've been long-distance since he graduated college. So the other day, we were texting, and I was, you know, texting him, and he texted me and was like, you know, he was kind of irritated. You know, he's distancing himself. So I just want to know, like, what should I do? Do I, you know, do I try to stay and work it out? Because I'm kind of, like, frustrated because it's, like, back and forth. And we're too wrong to be going back and forth. Uh, so have y'all been having issues? Is, is, is the postponement strictly financial or is there other things you feel like might be going on? Honestly, I can't say. He says it's financial, so I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, when is the last time y'all seen each other? Uh, we just seen each, well, we spent New Year's and Christmas together, and uh, so that was the last time I seen him, after New Year. I feel like y'all need to spend some time together to figure out what's going on because it feels like the lines of communications aren't all the way open right now. You know, okay. it, it seems like you have some questions that you haven't really asked him and he might not be telling you the whole story. You're not even 100% sure if the whole reason for postponing it is financial. You don't know why he's irritated. And it seems like you have some reservations also. Okay. So when are you postponing the wedding until? I, I don't know. I asked him that, and he told me he wasn't really sure. He just wanted to hold off. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, it sounds like y'all need to have a nice heart-to-heart. -heart. Okay. Okay, so maybe are you going to... How far away do y'all live from each other? Well, he, he stays in Chicago, and I live in Alabama, so... Okay, well, you guys... I think this is if you want to figure out if you both want to save this relationship, if y'all need to, you know, really just spend some time on working on it. I just don't, I can't tell if you still want to be with him or not. Do you still want to be with him? Do you want to get married? I mean, I do want to get married. Okay, so try to save your relationship. Go see him, plan it out, have that heart to heart, see what needs to happen for you guys to move forward, see if there's other underlying things besides just finances. Because I'm sure for you, if you want to get married, you want to get married. It doesn't even have to be the biggest wedding, the most expensive wedding, or any of that. Right. All right. Well, I hope y'all work it out, but if you love him and you want to marry him, then go and try to save that. 
Okay, thank you. No problem. All right, we're still taking calls for Ask Yee, 1-800-585-1051. If you got a question for Angela Yee, if you need some advice, call us right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Yeah. What's up? We are doing Ask Yee, and we have Destiny on the line. What's up, Destiny? Hi, Yee. How are you? Good morning, everyone at The Breakfast Club. Good morning, morning Destiny. What's your question this morning? So, Yee, I made breakfast for my boyfriend this morning. Oh, actually, I woke up and I said, okay, do anybody want breakfast? He said, yes. So I got up, made the breakfast. He had three minutes until he was ready to leave. But he, I'm not gonna lie, I was already mad at him prior to. So the night before, I was already mad. So I woke up with attitude, but I still broke, broke up and made breakfast. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, he said yes, he got dressed and everything. He had three minutes until he had to leave the house to be on time. He seen that the sausage was not put on the bread, so he said he didn't have time to make it, he left. So I was like, okay, I'll do it real quick. Am I wrong for being mad that he didn't eat it or that he was mad that he knew I was already mad? Okay, so Destiny, y'all, you know this is petty, right? It's very petty, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should have been mad at me for no reason because I didn't put it on the bread. But you already was mad at him for something else last night. But I still made him breakfast. And he did only have three minutes. Maybe he felt like you was being petty. <laughs> Y'all can't was. be doing this little back and forth, doing things to irritate each other. That's what it is. It's back and forth to irritate each other. That's all it is, Yee. You know what you should do? You should call Uber Eats and deliver him some a sandwich to work as a uh, and do something nice. You know what I think? A lot of times, like, I know I'm very stubborn, too, and I could have an attitude, you know what I'm saying, with my man, but I think he really appreciates it when I'm the one that actually is the first person to be like, you know what, let's stop arguing. That, that was so petty, because I don't do that often. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to take your advice, you. Because it wasn't that big a deal, right? It was not that big of a deal. I even tried to make it right before he walked out the house, and I called him on his phone, let him know it was ready. He didn't answer the phone until he got down the road and could not. Come yeah, back. he probably just a little irritated back at you for being irritated at him. So you might as well just did it right now. I think you should send him some food to his job. I think he'll think that's really cute. All right, I will. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right, well, that was Ask Ye. Yes, it is. See, I don't always just take the woman's side. People be trying to say that I'm biased. I am a woman, though. I mean, yeah, and you'll see. It's, it's, that's, that's, that makes perfect sense to see it from her perspective, at a woman's perspective. You're a woman. All right, well... Now, we got a rumor report coming up here? Yes, and we'll talk about uh, Vanessa Bryant. She's been posting. We'll tell you what she had to say about her husband, who is her best friend, and also her 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Lord have mercy. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning what? show, The Breakfast Club. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela E. DJ Envy is not here. So I, you clearly miss him. No, I don't. You just screamed out, turn me on. No, I meant the microphone, crazy. <laughs> salute, salute to the organization Black Mid Hill. Uh, Zakaya and Tasnim and um, Charles Harris, they texted me and they said that the donations are pouring in for Black Mid Hill. Black Mid Hill provides free therapy for black men in Philadelphia. We're trying to empower them and make them go national. And they said the donations are pouring in. So salute to everybody that's donating money to Black Mid Hill. Now, Angela, you got the room report coming? Yes. Cultural appropriation. Let's talk about it. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, Chuck Hanks has gotten some backlash. He's been doing these patois videos. Here's the latest one he did talking about Meg Thee Stallion and G-Eazy potentially dating. I don't want no maga gal. 
They want them girl thick and firm up. <laughs> All right. Well, he did this whole post uh, chat chat volume six cultural appropriation. Here's what he had to say about it. If a white person gets into hip hop and they start wearing braids and gold teeth, some people call that appropriation. But if a black person puts on cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and gets into country music, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Why would anybody have a problem with that? It's because this whole idea of theft, they take it from us and then benefit off of it without helping the people that they took it from. Why can't it just be that he loves black culture and he, he wants to be, he, he, that, that's just what speaks to him. Ooh, that's a whole conversation. Yeah, that's, I don't feel like having that conversation. <laughs> and I don't feel <laughs> like having, having it with him. Convers- I, I do know it's white people in the Caribbean, though. Yeah, you know absolutely. It's white, it's, it's Asian people. Yeah. There's all kinds of people in so the is Caribbean. It cultural appropriation? If you speak Patois, if you were yeah. raised somewhere. And, it's white, like when you watch Chattas, people was always confused. Like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, because it's it's, it's, I just know it's white people in the Caribbean, so I'm just, it's got to yeah, be white absolutely. people in Jamaica. Yeah. So it's like, is it cultural appropriation? Uh, I think appropriation is when you take from a culture that you were not part of or mm-hmm. raised in and then uh, benefit from it. That's really, and it's kind of what he's saying, but I don't know. I'm confused, but and his it, whole voice sounds different now. And we love to tell uh, black people to stop talking white, so I don't have a problem with people telling white people to stop talking black, <laughs> if that is considered black. I don't, man, I don't know. I have a what is talking techniques. white and what is talking black? Exactly, I don't know. Okay, Erica Badu has a new perfume that she's working on, and it's going to smell like her vagina. Okay. It's called Badu's, I can't say this word, but it's like a cat, but it's if it was a... Can I say pussycat? Yeah. All right, but minus the cat. Sure. Now, she said there's an Same urban thing. legend that my uh, cat changes men. The men that I fall in love with and fall in love with me change jobs and lives. She said, I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them up into little pieces, and burned them. Even the ash is part of it. She said she no longer wears underwear, so she didn't care about giving those away. Okay, real question. <laughs> uh, Angelique, the only person in this room that can answer this. <laughs> is a vagina supposed to have a smell? Um... Yeah, like a, but it, uh, sweet. Like, look, if you drink juices every day, your vagina will definitely have a nice, sweet smell to it. Really? But then at different times of the month, like if you're about to get your period or just finish, it might have a different type of smell. Yeah, my daddy used to say... Not it was, so amazing, but da- not... It shouldn't be terrible. My daddy used to say, if it smells like fish, eat all you wish. If it smells like cologne, leave it alone. No, I don't think that it should smell like fish. Yeah. At all, but okay. It don't uh, make no sense to me at, at at 41 years old. When I was young, I thought it was the flyest thing I ever heard. But at, <laughs> at this point in my yeah, life, I don't know I, if I, I would go around quoting that. that. All right, now let's skip ahead to 50 Cent. He was doing an interview with Complex, and you know, 50 Cent's a new person now. He's more positive. Ever since Kobe passed, he said he's not going to be addressing things the way that he used to. And his latest situation was a back. Well, it was with French Montana, but he hasn't really said much about it. Now, during this interview, he was questioned about French. And he actually walked out. There, there was rumors that you snuffed him in a club in Miami or something. Is there any truth to any of that? No, there's no truth to that. Okay. Would I do a thing like that? I don't know, Phil. I wouldn't put it past you. Why would you think that way? Would you think Will Smith would do that? I would I not can't believe you would say these things about me. I'm not saying them about you. The, the internet said these things would about you. Would you? I think this, this guy right here would assault French Montana. <laughs> But Fifty would not so friends by Not me, no. Are you kidding me? Okay, word. Why would I do a thing like that? Fib, I appreciate you. My brother, you're not allowing my inner peace to disturb your inner deep. 
<laughs> Drop on the clues bump for Curtis Jackson. Do not allow my inner peace to disturb your inner demons. I like the way 50 handled that situation. He got up out of that interview and ran away from the negativity, man. That brother 50 is clearly trying to do the work on himself, man. Let him do the work, goddammit. Why y'all keep trying to bring people back to the old them? All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Now, coming up next, we have DJ Envy, who's not here today, this but... This is so stupid. I really hate when we, we do this. We have the People's Choice Mix. Come on, we really have to stop this. This, this has been next. going on for years. Envy's not here, but then what's going to happen is 9 o'clock going to hit, a mix going to come on, you're going to hear him talking if and shouting If you want to hear anything, things. you can hit us up. It's, he's not here. It's clearly <laughs> pre-recorded. He clearly recorded this yesterday. Let's it, see if that's true or not. What do you want to hear, Charlamagne? Man, stop, man. I'm not, Make like, a why, request. I don't have... I don't even... I don't listen to the radio. Uh, I don't even know what to say. That was <laughs> I don't. Not the right thing to say. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> okay, so does anybody in here have a request? Steve, what you want to hear? No, come forget on, Steve. it. <laughs> what do you want to Steve, what do you want to hear, Steve? Come on, come on. Come tell me what you want to hear. Uh, Hurry up. The, the Ghetto Boys. He wants to hear the Ghetto man, Boys. Shut up, man. My mind's playing tricks on me. You know what? I guarantee you that ain't playing. He clearly saw the movie Office Space and knows that one song. It, it, All right. It doesn't well. matter. We'll just lie to y'all and tell you 1-800-585-1051. If you got requests, call in right now. <laughs> DJ Envy's People's Choice Mix. He's playing what the people want to hear dun, dun, and what dun, the people dun, request. Dun, dun, dun. Yay. <laughs> huh? What? Say bye. Say bye to Revolt. Oh, Revolt. Peace. Forgot y'all was here. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Revolt. Thank you. We're nominated for an NAACP Image Award on Revolt TV. I forgot what the category is. We're not going to win. Surviving R. Kelly going. But What's up? It's The Breakfast Club. And as you know, it is Black History Month. So, Charlamagne, what is today's Black History Month moment? Today's Black History Month moment comes from our girl, Miss Amanda Seals, uh, my loved one. Okay, uh, in one of the blackest, blackety-black moments ever in TV history, Amanda Seals, who was also the new host of The Real, she made her audience sing the Black National Anthem on her HBO stand-up special, which came out last year, I Be Known. Does anybody in here know the Black National Anthem? Yeah. You do? Lift every voice. They actually sang that at the Barclays the other day, right before um, the game started. Beautiful. They had the uh, cast from A2 Proud. The Temptations musical on Broadway came and sang that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, this is when Amanda Seals made her audience sing it on her HBO, HBO stand-up special, I Be Knowing. This is a Black History Month moment. <laughs> Lift every voice and sing to earth and heaven ring. Let it resound loud as Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. Uh, the show is over for the day. Thank you to the Black Men Hill organization for pulling up on us, man. We really appreciate building with them. They are a great organization. They are providing free therapy for black men in the Philadelphia area. Um, I would love to see that program go national. I donated $10,000 to them this morning because, you know, that's how they are able to get these therapists, you know, and these providers to give out these free sessions, you know, by, by getting donations, man. And they hit me earlier after the interview ad and said that the donations are rolling in. So uh, that makes me feel good knowing that some brothers are going to get some free therapy sessions courtesy of Black Men's Hill. So salute to them for doing the work. Everybody out there needs to invest in their mental health. And if you don't invest in your mental health, at least you got organizations like Black Men Health that will make the investment for you. Okay. 
Well, that's great. Thanks to everybody who's also donating as well. That's right. Now you have a positive note, Charlemagne? I do have a positive note. It's Black History Month, man. This positive note comes from Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington said, Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. Breakfast Club, bitches!